Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is the Midday Show. Tom Kelly in for Joe Giglio today alongside Hugh Douglas, obviously talking a lot about the A.J. Brown interview, whether you feel better or worse after hearing what A.J. had to say. And I'm just looking, I was just looking during the break here. It's state property, Hugh. I might have to check this one out tonight. That's a good one. Yeah. State property is a good one. See, I, I went down this Tubi hole. Yeah, you're on the, you were telling me about your Tubi kick this Yes, I went, I went down the Tubi hole, and I saw, I saw a Tubi movie yesterday. It was called The Stepdaughter. Okay. What was that about? It was about this this guy who marries this this well-to-do uh, makeup artist. Like, she's not a makeup artist. She's like, I guess she's in the cosmetic business where they, they sell cosmetics or whatever. Here it is right here. Right. Yeah, and the stepdaughter comes to live with him. It wasn't bad. Like, a lot of my friends that are in the movie business and stuff, they, they get mad about the acting and the cinematography in the movie because it's bad. But it wasn't like, I've got to the point, I don't know if I've gotten numb to the Tubi movies. Okay. Because of this is you not, know, this is not the good. genre. We're, no, because we're losing you. The no, movie, no, man. listen, man. Like there was a like there was back in the seventies. was called black exploitation movies. It's like where they had like the Rudy Ray Moores and all the other stuff, the Dolomites and stuff. This is probably the same thing on a different level because it's like to be honest, there are some friends of mine that have done some of these Tubi movies that I've actually seen. So it's it's one of those things. It's it's it's. It's a lot. I'm going noticing on. you're a changed man. I heard since, you. Since no, the it, Tubi was, it wasn't thing, bad, man. man. It wasn't bad. I'm heard, these Tubi worried about you, bad. bro. Yeah, I've heard you guys discussing the Tubi movie. So yeah. maybe I'll have to I watched it. I watched another movie on Netflix. Now, this one was a Netflix movie, but it could have been on Tubi. Was the uh, Kelly Rowland movie. Okay. Mia Culpa. <laughs> Never heard of it. Yeah, it just, it just came out. That was pretty good, too. Kelly like, Rowland was a Destiny's Child, right? Yes, she was. Okay. Kelly well, Rowland, fine. Your oh, credibility yeah. when it comes to these things is taking a little bit of a hit, Hugh. I mean, no, you're telling listen. us it's good, but you're on the Tubi See, rabbit hole. Listen, Notice how awful you are. is good. I watched the Kelly Rowland movie yesterday, Kelly Rowland movie, and she, like, I don't know if it was, like, she could act, but she's also fine, so that helped. That helped. That helped tremendously. But the movie was a little, it was a little raunchy. Like you, you might, like it was a little raunchy. Right, it was well, a little raunchy. All right, well, I'll, I'll add it to my list uh, of all the stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll have, use I'll movie have, suggestions. I'll TK watching you, all the, gonna, the Tubi movies. You're going to give me 10 movies to go home with. Yes, and, and you're going to watch them and you're going to be like, you're going to, if you had on a pair of pearls, you're going to clutch your chest and be like, oh my gosh, <laughs> these movies are ridiculous. I'll be clutching my pearls. <laughs> what do you think of a 70 year old no, grandmother? I'm just saying, that's just the, 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 that's how I can describe it to right. most people. You'll, like, if you want me to be clutching your pearls, like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll have to check all those out. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. But want to know whether the A.J. Brown interview made you feel better or worse about the Eagles moving forward. Made me feel worse. I still think that, like, my one of my big takeaways is that A.J. and I think maybe other guys on the team, who, who knows, but I think they're very sensitive to criticism. And in this town, like, if you're going to lose football games, yeah, you, you are going, you're going you to be criticized, man. Yeah, you got to be prepared. And it's it worries just me this is going to be the case. It's just different now because it's funny because social media has given everybody a voice. And 
everybody wants to voice their opinion all at once. So it could be it could be a little bit overwhelming. It's, it's a little bit different. So like you know, back in the day, where you didn't have people that were that bold. You go in the grocery store, you might have a couple of Eagles fans. They'd be like, "Oh, you guys stink," and you know, you keep it moving. You you they voice their opinion. You keep it moving. But now, since we have social media, everybody feels like it's their job to let you know how they feel about you. And sometimes it could be a little bit overwhelming. But you, you have to remember that most of the stuff that people say on social media, they're lying about it. Cause they, they, and they feel like they can say it because there are no real repercussions, you know, because you don't know them or whatever. So they, they feel like that. But most of the time, they're just telling lies. So that was my takeaway. And Hugh, yours is you feel better because you think this thing I, can be I think fixed. Th- I think this could be repaired. I think this relationship can be, be repaired. Yeah, and that's that's the hope. We all want A.J. Brown to be an eagle, uh, and hopefully good does come out of this because I do think good can come out of it, the fact that we've heard his perspective. I do think we understand him a little more now, which is an important part of all of it. 215-592-9494. In a minute, we'll get to some sound where A.J. was just completely wrong about one thing he said. First, go back to the phones. O.G. Wade, what was your take on all this, O.G. Wade? What's up, T.K.? What's up, Big man? Dog. Um... I got to say, I, I, I wish he didn't do it. I know that people, the fans and everything, love the fact that a guy, a football player, came up on the radio and spoke his piece and da-da-da-da. I thought it was a selfish move. I thought it was A.J. realizing the mistake he made in the uh, Kay Adams uh, interview by leaving things wide open. He, this was his moment to... Uh, cat, uh, uh, cat back at people from WIP and the media, as well as some fans. You see what I'm saying? So what I what I got from the uh, he's AJ in his own admission said that he's the guy that stands up to the bully. He's the guy that holds his players teammates accountable. He's the guy that uh, make you have uncomfortable conversations in the locker room. He's the guy that works harder than anybody on the team. That's what he said. Nobody works harder than them. To me, that's a diss, that's a diss to your teammates because how you know that? How you know you work you the hardest work on the team? <laughs> Secondly, if you're the guy that's standing up to the bully, the only bully you could be referring to is the media. So when things are bad, where was AJ? Because he's got a C on his on his jersey, right? So that means he's supposed to speak to the media after the games when things are hot. But you said that you didn't speak. Because you didn't want to compound a negative with a negative. Well, you're a professional. You should know how to speak as a grown-ass man where you don't offend certain things or say things that you should not probably shouldn't say. You should still have to be accountable in terms of who AJ, your leader style is. So what I my question for AJ would have been, now that you said that this is your style of leadership, how did that help the Eagles? Because we went... We went one and seven. No, wait. So in, the end, in the end, it didn't help. But I do think, like, I think he was trying to do the right thing. I think when he didn't speak I'm, to the media, I think he thought that was the right thing to do. I'm not, And I'm not saying that he didn't think that. I'm telling you that it was the wrong thing to do because what you did is now you made your teammates have to speak on your behalf. If you're the leader, you're supposed to be a leader every day of the week. You can't pick and choose when you want to be the leader. You, you know what, OG? I, I got I got to jump into this, man, because I I think with the narrative that you're going with, you're really hurting yourself trying to trying to keep with this narrative. Now, if you listen to what I said earlier, 
do you admit that this was something, this was uncharted territory for all these guys? Because you Absolutely. talk about that AJ came in here on a winning wave and they were winning. So this year was a little bit of a, a, a struggle for him. Mm-hmm. So now you're, uh, you're upset with him because he didn't handle it the way that you feel like he should have handled it, correct? No, I'm not upset with him. But you, but you just said he could have handled it better as a leader, correct? Yes. So you're upset with him because he didn't handle it as a leader the way you felt he should have handled it, correct? And I would say, again, I'm not upset with him because of that. I'm saying that he could have did it a better way. Okay, like I just said, like I just said, you're upset with him because you feel like he could have handled it a better way, right? Yes. Okay, and we you just admitted that he's never been through this before. So maybe his leadership style was not conducive to what was needed in the locker room, and he's learned from that mistake. Basically, that's what he was saying when he came on the, on the show and got, did the interview. That's what I got from it. So my question to you is this. He's admitted that he might have made a mistake. Why can't you just let him try to try to get it right? Why do you still have to go with this narrative like he's full of it? Like well, he's first, he's learned this is the first time he's ever been through this. He's learning from this mistake. Give the right, man me, give the man some grace. Let me say this here. Number one, I'm not I don't I don't I don't do narratives. I mean, I'm giving you my opinion. Okay, come on, come on, OG, come on, OG. You you do a little bit of narrative talk. Come on, man. Just be honest there. I'm not. Let me let me just say. Let me just say this. Keep it real, OG. Come on. I didn't hear AJ come up here and say that he's learning from his mistake or anything. I heard AJ come on the radio because he wanted to address. The the, the the nation people for saying negative things about him and he went he's here for that smoke he didn't want to hear nothing about where the team is positively going to be moving forward to he said i'm not here for that i'm here to, uh, to address whatever issues y'all got with me yeah so, bring it so, on. so so what about what i just explained to you are you not getting because we're we're saying the same things og we're saying the same thing he's he he's talking about the era of his ways and the way he handled the situation. He did not come on here. Like, I haven't heard the whole interview, but I do know some snippets came out that he said he thought that handling it the way that he did was the best for it, and he said he was wrong for that. Did he not say that? I did not hear him say that. He did, You didn't hear him say that he should have probably handled it the media a different way? You didn't hear no, him say that? I did not. Okay, well, you know what? I might be wrong about that. I need to hear the interview myself. And appreciate the call, OG. Thanks. But, but come on, OG saying he doesn't participate in narrative talk – with all the Jalen Hurts yeah, stuff, listen. that 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 is that is more full of it than anything AJ Brown said on Friday. Okay, <laughs> and we lo- we love you, OJ. Okay, don't get mad at me, but let's keep it real here. Man, listen, <laughs> I, I know. Listen, I ain't the I ain't a wordsmith. Kyle has let me know that on every occasion by the way that I talk. <laughs> the, though, the, the, exactly. Those, thank the, you, Kyle. Those, thank those. you for that reminder. I love how but, that's but that's labeled it. in our system too. It says Hugh is broken. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But the bottom line is this. You have to be able to read between the lines sometimes, man. I mean, the man came on, on, the, on the station and he talked about how he might have made some missteps. Now, he didn't come out and exactly say he made a mistake, but damn, I'm a grown-ass man. I understood exactly where he was coming from. I mean, that's what he said. When he came on here and said that he, he thought he handled it the right way, that's basically saying you didn't handle it the right way. Right. Like, he, he – I truly do believe, like, when he didn't speak to the media at the end of the year, he thought it would make things worse. Now, I do think, like, A.J. thought that 
maybe things that he would say would be taken out of context. Yes. But I think when you don't speak, that leads things up to speculation. And that led us to believe, okay, well, maybe he's not happy in Philadelphia. Maybe he's not happy yes. in the organization. And that's the kind of stuff that I, I hope he learns from because it wasn't productive to not speak at the end of the year. And I like, think it made things worse. And like I was trying to get OG to say, was that, okay, you go into a situation that you've never been in before, which, like, I, I thought that I did a good job of framing it because they've never been through this much adversity mm-hmm. here in Philadelphia because when he came in, he came in winning, and then he started out the season, they were winning. So what I was trying to say was this, that when you, when you have adversity and you go through it, like, you look back on that and say, okay, maybe I could have did this a little bit better or maybe I could have did that a little bit better. That's what he was doing. And you have to give him grace because this is the first time that he's ever been through anything like this. Now, hopefully we don't go through this again next year and we don't have to figure out how to handle it. Right. But he's learning from this, man. Like, this is the, like I don't know Jalen's personal history, but I would venture to say that this year was probably the, the first year in his whole time playing football from a little jitterbug to now where he had to face, you know, questions about his leadership style, his leadership acumen. So, yeah, that's something that you've never faced. If you've never faced that adversity before, you don't readily know how to handle that. Right, and that's the question. Is Are the, are, are the guys on this team, are the players, going to take this and learn from it and have them make ha- – Use it to help make them better or not. And I think that's the real important thing because there was a lot that went down at the end of the season that was was bad, and you lose six out of seven games, you know, there's going to be a lot of criticism. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. But there was one thing that AJ did say that I, I just totally disagreed with, and we'll get to it now. Here was AJ talking about, you know, the end of the season and I guess some of the criticism that came with, with, with it. I got a couple questions for you guys, though. For sure. What's the deal? What's the, what's the deal? Like, you guys are supposed to be supporting Philly, but you know it don't turn out turn out it don't turn out to be that. You know what I'm saying? Like, why why make up so many rumors? You know what I'm saying? Like, because most of the rumors don't don't even be real rumors. These these are rumors that you guys are making up and everybody run with. Like, so what's the deal? Like, well, for us particular, I, I don't think any either one of us have made up any type of rumors about you or anybody else on the team. Um, I know I may have met you once in passing or twice, so you may not even remember me. I know I'm a former player with the Eagles, and that's one thing I don't do is, is make up anything about any player or anything that's going on. Now, we may react to things that are being reported and come up with our own opinion about things and then form questions that we feel is worthy of being discussed with our audience. you got to realize you guys are Philadelphia Eagles. It's the number one sports team in this town and when things aren't going well with the team especially from a results standpoint and how the season ends people are going to speculate people are going to want to know what happened and that's a big mystery that's a big mystery as to what happened with this team coming down the stretch a team that was 10 and 1 and looking like the best team in the league that all of a sudden wins one out of the last six games and goes out in the playoffs in embarrassing fashion this fan base is going to want to know what happened there, and speculation will happen. And so, but just far as making up rumors or making up false things, that's not something I know I personally do. My my my, my uh, co-host right here, this station, we don't really do that. Now we may bring up a hypothetical question. 
Now, and I thought Ike did a great job of explaining that there yes. to AJ in terms of what we do and what actually happens. And that w- is what I totally disagreed with what he had to say when he says, you're supposed to ride for Philly. No, we're not. Like, we're reacting to the things that we see. And the bottom line is, this went. This wasn't just they lost a couple games, a couple bad breaks at the end of the season. They went from 10-1 and one to being the worst team in football. Yeah. Like, obviously, that's going to bother people. Obviously, that's going to garner criticism. I look at I look at this team like a child, like my child, one of my children. And there's a lot of times that you have to be honest with your kids. Tough love. And if you can't handle that as a fan or as a player, I don't know what to tell you. Because the one thing that I, I take great pride in is, is standing on anything that comes out of my mouth. I'm not flip-floppy. Let, let Kyle tell it I might be sometimes. It all depends on it, what the question is, and I might be a little bit torn. But as far as what I stand on, I stand on that. And, and I believe that, you know, constructive crit- I believe in constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to come on here and call anybody a bum or say they stink or anything like that. But I do believe in constructive criticism. If you can't handle that, then, hell, you're in the wrong business. Yeah, man, and, and like we're not going to be overly positive when the season ends the way that it does. Like, yeah, when you're ten and one, we're going to be happy, and when you're putting up big numbers, you know, we're going to be talking about how great AJ Brown is. But the end of the season, that that I really did disagree with because it's not our our, our job as fans to be overwhelmingly positive about the team. No, they went from being ten and one to the worst team in football. That's going to lead us to be frustrated and ask a lot of different questions about yeah. what went wrong. So I think that's totally fair. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to Jeff in Wilmington. What's up, Jeff? What's up, guys? What's up, Jeff? So I like that AJ came on, but that last cut you played where Ike was explaining to him about you know what the station does. There might only be two guys on the station that actually are around the team a lot, and that's uh, Eskin and Elliot Shore Parks. The rest of us, we definitely do deal in narrative and. And, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? Um, hyperbole. Opi- opinion, yeah. Yeah, opinion. That's <laughs> what like, we do. We I, like react. Hi- I like hyperbole like, better. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh, I don't know why. I had, to, I had the word in my head before I even came on. But, no, that's what we do. Like, I mean, every day we start off with a show with, you know, what do we think on one issue or the other? And you basically break it down. Everybody has their opinion. And he left way too many of those questions open. And I didn't like the idea that he came on and said, I came on here to give you guys 10 minutes to ask me questions. And then he did a Drew Rosenhaus when Ike asked him a question. He goes, he answered it real short and then went next question. And then the other thing I really didn't like was the fact that he said, nobody works harder than me. Now, he made a lot of mistakes on how he came across, I think. But I do admire that he did come across. But he could have he could have gone about it a little different way. And I'm clutching my pearls over here, uh, <laughs> you, because I have – I halfway agree with uh, O.G. Wade a little bit, and I rarely agree with him. So I, I think it was slightly misguided of how he thought the radio station was, was working. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you're going to say, I work harder than anybody else, yes, you're a leader, but the other guy that's throwing you the ball is also a leader. So maybe not say, maybe say it a different way. No, you know I, what I hear saying? what you're saying, but I, I look at it like, and, and, and this is the thing. Thanks, Jeff. When, yeah, thanks, Jeff. When, when he calls on, when he comes on, we're going to nitpick and pick apart everything that he says because he didn't say it the way that we wanted him to. I mean, and that's fair. If that's how you feel, that's fair. The bottom line is this. He came on and he tried to clear the air. Hell, if I wanted to, 
I could be nitpicky and talk about the fact that he he misspoke when he talked about some of the stuff that he said was on Twitter that he didn't tweet, but his Twitter wasn't hacked. If I wanted to pick apart, you know, and be nitpicky about that, I could do that. But I'm not going to do that because I'm looking at the bigger message. And the bigger message is this. He cares about Philadelphia. He cares about being here. He cares about the way he's being, uh, you know, portrayed. And I think that a lot of times as fans, you know, you're not going to get all the answers that you want. You're not going to get every question that is asked. You're not going to get an answer to it. You're not supposed to. The bottom line is this. He wants to be a Philadelphia Eagle. And he wants to be here and he wants to win. And that's the only thing that I care about. See, y'all trying to get, like, not you, Jeff, but people are trying to get into the, the ins and outs and the intricacies of why it happened and all this. See, that's what nosy hens do. That's what, that's what, that's what gossip, gossip girls do. Not to use women as, like, their gossipy and thing, but you, you get what I'm getting at. I don't need to know all that, man. Only thing that I need to know about A.J. Brown is that he wants to be a Philadelphia Eagle and he wants to win football games. Bottom line, y'all can leave all that cackling stuff to yourself, and if he don't say it the way that you like it, then oh well. All I care about is football and him wanting to be here and win football games. Yeah, Hugh. And when he was when he said the thing about being a leader and I'm the guy who stands up, I'm the guy who works harder than everybody else, I felt like that was more defending himself than throwing his teammates no, on the it bus. Wasn't. Like, See, that's what I'm saying. That's semantics. People, people, people hear that and you pull from it what you want. So what you saying that AJ is not a leader. I can tell you this, man, as a fact, that everybody that I played with on this when I played football felt that they were the best player on the field. Even if they weren't, they felt that way. Gotta and they that. played that way because that's a football player's mentality. So when I hear A.J. Brown talk about he, he works hard than everybody else, hell, I felt the same way. And, and I would see dark ass over there lifting heavy weights after practice. And I felt like I was working yeah. harder than them because that was my mentality. I don't have a problem with that. No. Because that's how everybody thinks. You think you're the toughest dude and the meanest dude on the football field, even when in reality you might not be. Yeah, and that's what the, the kind of situation where I think AJ is saying something, and then he was emotional during that answer. Like, he's trying to stick up for himself. He's trying to stick up for his teammates. He said that during the interview as well. That wasn't a shot at his teammates, at least the way we perceive it. Um, that, uh, I, in my opinion, was AJ just trying to defend himself. That's it, man. That's, that's what he came on to do. Yep. Now, you could get mad about the fact that he didn't answer all the questions or whatever. I think what happened was that from, from the snippets that I've heard from the interview was he came on and when he realized that, that, that Spike wasn't d- directly talking about him, mm-hmm. kind of changed the, the – The tenor it, of the interview. Yeah, it, it took yeah. some of the air out of the room. Yeah. So you have to take that into to, uh, consideration as well. That, that is important to consider as well. 215-592-9494. But want to know, do you feel better or worse about the Eagles after the A.J. Brown interview? We'll continue discussing that. Also, when we return, uh, the, the greatest excuse maker of our generation came back to town yesterday. It was a schedule loss. And That's how it felt. Man, it was a it was a MVP-level performance from Doc yesterday. So we'll get to that. Also, a potential return timeline for Joel Embiid. Tom Kelly in for Joe Giglio today alongside Hugh Douglas. It's the Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Let me tell you about QC Kinetics. This is the time of year to enjoy life. Stop letting that pain in your joints keep you from doing what you want to do this spring. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative medicine. I'm talking lasting joint pain relief. You know when you get older, those joints start aching real bad. 
Pro athletes, this is what I just found out. Pro athletes have been doing this for years. But now this life-changing situation is available to you, the public. Man, listen, I got to tell you, I've been going to QC Kinetics. Had one of my last treatments. Got to go in a couple more months, but my knees feel so much better. I, I walk around this office every day. I call it Office Athletics, where I do my little walk every day because my knees feel so great, man. This is not a Band-Aid. This is a revolutionary treatment that can get you back in the game. So you can walk, run, and climb stairs and play golf. I know y'all like to play golf. Golf is right around the corner and move again pain-free. Your body has what it needs to restore and repair itself, and QC Kinetics can make that happen for you. No drugs, no surgery, no downtime. No risky surgery. This is all natural solution. So give my friends at QC Kinetics a call. Hip pain, back pain, any pain associated with arthritis or injury. It's great to use that tax refund too. You know, tax time right around the corner, by the way. So, you know, use that tax refund and get that thing done. Get a free consultation today at 215-999-3000. That's 215-999-3000. One more time, 215-999-3000. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. But you got me on the counter. Sports Radio 94 WIP, Tom Kelly in for Joe Giglio today alongside Hugh Douglas uh, reacting a lot to the A.J. Brown interview, whether it makes you feel better or worse about the Eagles moving forward. But this song coming back, were you, were you a big Shaggy fan, you back in the oh, day? Oh, this song was funny. Not really. No. He had a couple club bangers, though. Yeah. Listen to it in the club. That was like, that, yeah, that was a big early 2000s thing. Are you a shaggy guy there? was a guy there, red Kyle? sky going to, like, hanging out in the city. Uh, not a huge shaggy guy, but I figured wasn't me was perfect for uh, the greatest excuse maker of our generation coming to town yesterday. Yes. Wasn't Her- me. Wasn't him. No. Doc perfect. said he still got friends here, though. Yeah. And Don't we'll, be hating. Not me. We'll get to Doc. Yeah, there you go. Uh, wasn't me. But we'll get to Doc in a minute here. But, the, yeah, Doc Rivers made his return. Unfortunately, the Bucks beat the Sixers yesterday. And I, I just, I just got to say, I, I can't watch Tobias Harris play basketball. Crumble anymore. cookie, like, dude, <laughs> I, just I think it's funny. I can't take it anymore. This guy, like, f- this contract, by the way, feels like the longest contract in the history of pro- professional sports. We're in year five now. It feels like Tobias Harris has been here for fifteen years, and he's, he's so bad. Like, he's gotten so awful. He's somehow gotten worse. Hugh. He's regressed. Wasn't Terrible. he? He was banged up, and then I think he got sick. So he's probably dealing with a little bit. No excuses. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, you better not start making I'm not, excuses. I'm not making excuses. I'm just Tobias. saying, man. Tobias, you know, he's he's having a little rough go of it. Tobias Harris apologist. You know this. <laughs> he is, not, I like Crumble Cookie, though. He is my least favorite player I've ever watched in any sport. Like, not that he's the worst, but he's my least favorite to watch. Because just, like, t- seeing him out there on the floor is immediately infuriating. Because he's just, like, existing out there. He's not really doing anything. I think, he's, not, it, he's not awful. He's just completely underwhelming, I think. Is, is the it best part way. of it because of, of what his dad said about him? And, and and then Doc tried to double down, like, the same year and talk about he, he needed to put his number We hated him well before his dad opened his mouth. No, that was Dom. Who was it? No, that was uh, Dr. Doc, J. Dr. J. Said that he'd be up in the rafters. He said he's going to be in the rafters. Oh, my God. Come on, Dr. And you J. Know, that's a part bad of, I understand the money part, but that's what guys getting in, in, in the NBA now. 
That's that's the money. I just, I just please let this contract be over. Please, it's, God. I think the word I would use to describe him is like frustrating. Like he's the most frustrating basketball player to witness. Like you you don't understand how a guy could miss a, a wide open dunk or like an easy layup. Like to the <laughs> the extent that he does, it's like how how does this happen? Right, and it's like Joel Embiid's out, and the questions are always, oh, where's the offense going to come from besides Maxi? Well, you have a guy making forty million dollars, <laughs> and I understand that the contracts are what the contracts are, but it should just be yeah, Tobias, you should be able to pencil him in for at least what eighteen a night, and the fact that you can't do that is is very frustrating. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. We'll get what to what Doc Rivers had to say in his triumphant <laughs> got, got return. I got free in, in a moment. Oh. First, let's go to True in North Philly. What's up, True? Hey, how y'all doing, man? What's going on, man? You hear me? We got you. Uh, I got to get you guys off the uh, Bluetooth real quick. Hello? What's up, man? What's up? Hey, how doing, man? I just wanted to uh, comment on the AJ thing. I, I just, I feel like he cleared up a lot of things, but I, I feel like he left. The one main thing that I was really wanted to hear about was him, was him and the Jalen Hurts thing. I think he kind of left that open. Because he didn't like I got I got kids I got you know a guy they got Godfather that's my brother and if anybody ever asks any question to me about my brother I'm just spelling all of it unless there's an issue. Yeah, I, don't... No, I mean I hear you, but but even like say since we talk about your family, like if somebody asks you personal business about you and your your brother or your your family member, are you telling them? Are you spilling all the beans? No, I'm not spilling the beans. But he didn't. It's not that he didn't spill the beans. He didn't. I'm. I'm not. You, it's none of your business. For real, for real. That's that's my thing. So, if if that's my brother and if we if we consider ourselves a, a family, then I'm a, I'm gonna I'm play it like that at all times. Nobody's gonna know. You, you're not gonna know that there's an issue between me and my brother unless we you, you see us fight. Okay, so you you, you fight, saw the fight. You argue. I'm coming out and they you ask me what's going on with you and you and your brother. Ain't nothing going on with me, bro. What you mean? That's my brother. I love him. Okay, so what's the difference Always about what he brother. what he did on the air and what you just said? What's the what's the difference? Well, he said he if, if somebody come to me and say you got what's wrong with you, your brother? Well, my brother going to be my brother. He's just going to be who he is. That's you know I can't control that. That to me that says yeah, my brother he, he acting a little funny right now, but I ain't going to speak on that. Okay, again, I, ain't I speak on that. <laughs> so not I, not he didn't say that's my brother and. Ain't no issues because it's none of it's none well, of our No, true. That is between that's, brothers. A, that's exactly what he said. Appreciate it, man. I appreciate the call, but that is what AJ Brown said. He said, yeah, that, what, "What are we? Okay, wait a minute. Okay, because before we get another one of these, what what is it that? Where's the disconnect? Because that's exactly what he did. Like he didn't he didn't speak on it. Which, if if you're like to 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 his point, True's point, if that's my brother, I'm not speaking on it." Because it's one of those situations that can't be repaired. That's what I liked about it. I think we're getting to the point now where, like, we want to know more about it when we don't need to know. Like, it, we don't need to know everything. We just need to, our only thing I need to know is that it can be fixed. It felt to me like it, it can be fixed. Yeah. And, and that's the only thing that should matter to Eagles fans. The fact that we don't know the intricacies of what's going on in that locker room I think that's a good thing. Like, it's it's a good thing. Think about going back in the archives, the whole Donovan T.O. situation and how that came apart. Like, there were so many stories coming out of that locker room that eventually, like, the, the story came out and you knew what exactly what happened. 
that that relationship to this day is still not right between those two guys. It's not. So what do we need to know? Right, and this is nowhere close to that. No, I it's mean, not. This is nothing like the T.O. McNabb situation. And I think with A.J., like, he was asked about the Jalen stuff. He didn't want to get too deep into it. Now, okay, we can, we can read that however we want. But I don't think it, it means necessarily that there is this huge issue between A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts. I just don't think he really wanted to go too deep into it. And, as, and, and, and this is the thing that I have to ask fans because I feel like we're going to get some more of these phone calls. What does he need to say? Like, if you care about the team, shouldn't that be your biggest priority or your biggest feel is that you feel like, okay, we can repair this. He kind of, to me, he kind of did that. Yeah. And like, but now we want to we want to nitpick and talk about how he answered this question or he didn't answer this question or about how he was being disrespectful by saying he worked hard on anybody else. Seriously, you're you're mad at him now because he said he worked harder than somebody else. Well, this is the thing, and and hey, I, there were a lot of things that AJ did say during that interview that I didn't agree with. The Jalen Hurts stuff, I I had no problem with the way he handled that. You know, basically said. Everything's good with me and Jalen. His leadership style is his leadership style. Now, as far as the reports about Jalen Hurts' leadership, a lot of that's come from within the building. When yeah, they've Mike been Garif- complaining about that for a while. Right. Mike Garofalo reports on it. Howard reports on it. Those things are coming from inside the building. But, you know, he AJ was not, you know, very vocal about that relationship, and I don't think he really needed to in that moment. No. Nah, you Two- just let it, let it cook. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. But did want to get to uh, what Doc Rivers had to say yesterday. Because as we said, it was Doc Rivers' triumphant return coming back to Philadelphia. The Bucks beat the Sixers. And Doc like met, with the, met with the media pregame. And I think we all expected, you know, the accountable guy that Doc was. He would take accountability. And he would take, I guess, responsibility for what went wrong at the end of last year. Uh, didn't turn out that's what happened. Here was Doc talking about what happened in his time in Philadelphia. How do you think your, your tenure here should be remembered? That's up to you. That's not up to me. I think uh, I was happy with it overall. I just wish we could have got further, gone further. I wish I could have had a chance to have Joel healthy in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, when I took this job here, uh, I think we had got swept the year before in the first round. That that regular season the next year, we won the East, um, lost to Atlanta, which I would love to have that one back uh, as a group. Um, you know, but overall, um, Joel became an MVP. Uh, we established this team as a championship contender. Um, that wasn't said the year before. So, um, and under a lot of stuff, you know, you think about it, we had the James Harden trade, the Ben stuff. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, some was under my control, some was out of my control. But overall, um, you know, for me, if you don't win a title, you know, you're never exactly happy. That's why we all do this. It's only going to be one of those a year. But, you know, I loved it here. Isn't it hilarious how he gets asked the question and he automatically just, like, reverts to defensive excuse mode? Like, immediately. That's where his mind goes, well, they got swept in the playoffs the year before I got here. We got to the second round that year, so obviously we were a much better team. It's crazy. I don't know what I don't like to be honest, TK. I don't know what he's supposed to say in a situation like that. I mean, when you talk about his his time here, it was tumultuous. That Ben Simmons things. I remember that Atlanta that Atlanta game. That was bananas. It's awful. That was bananas. How that went down, it, and just how it got bad. And last year, I was here for last year, and just how there was a tale of two teams. They looked different every night, 
and I didn't, I, I could not explain to you what it was. One night, Joel Embiid looked like he was ready to turn the corner and be that dude. Then him and James Harden just disappear. James Harden have his night one night, and then they both just disappear at the absolute worst time you can disappear. But I, I love how he acts like they got so much better in his first year here. I mean, in 2020, it was the COVID season. They were in the bubble. Simmons was out for the playoffs. The year before that, they actually got to the exact same spot that they got the first year Doc was here. They've never advanced further with Doc than they had before Doc. And to answer your question, I don't know like specifically what he could have said, but I know what he should have avoided saying, and it was most of what he just said right there. Like, can you not like? First of all, I, there's no accountability to saying, "Oh, we had the Ben stuff, we had the Harden stuff." For once in your freaking life, dude, just say we or me or I didn't do, do a, a good, good enough, enough job. job. That's I got it, you. man. Like, that's all I need to hear. Shut up with you, the rest. Just you, give us the Andy Reid. You know what jumped out to me when he said that or when that was going on? Okay, what part of, of what happened with this team was not in your control? Right. That's why I would have followed yeah, up. At. It's like everything that, cool. that That's why I, w- I would want to know the answer to that question. <laughs> it, what part was not you? It really is great. Thing. Great, because he immediately just defaults to making all these different excuses. Speaking of which, mm. here was more from Doc. I uh, asked about what happened specifically at the end of the Celtics series last year. Do you feel like you got a bum rap, though? I mean, because there was a game where your two best players struggled um, the game seven and, and for you to lose. Listen, that's up for you guys. Listen, um, I believe in what I do. I'll put it that way. Um, going into the series last year, uh, if I asked you guys to have a show of hands, who picked the Sixers? That's the point. So, uh, I mean, come yet on. we had them down 3-2 and had a chance. The game we should have won was the game six. Uh, game sevens are tough everywhere. Uh, but, you know, we did something to get there. And I uh, just tells you how close we were. And so, you know, I look back on that and, and think, I don't, you know, Joel wasn't 100% last year. So, uh, you know, things happen and you just live with them. Probably wouldn't have led with who picked the Sixers because now that me, leads me to believe that you didn't even think. And I love it too. He's acting like he's making some sort of a great point. Uh, show of hands. Oh, nobody are. Show of hands. Yeah. And, I, and I'll tell you another thing. It doesn't, like, I understand why people are mad at Doc because it doesn't help when you go to Milwaukee talking about, oh, y'all gave me the job yeah. during the toughest stretch of the season. What 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 you expect? He acts like a, <laughs> an underdog has never won in sports before. Oh, they were <laughs> you were up three two in the series. You were up at home in game six. And that was another thing that bothered me too, is just the way he says, Oh, well, game six was our game. You know, game sevens, they're tough. Like so what? You just quit? Once, like, it was, once you lost game six, you just thought going back know, to Boston, we're not going to win this game. You know what the sad part about I mean, I guess it's not sad. He's he probably going to be a Hall of Famer, too. Oh, please. Uh, he probably You're probably right. Doc going to be a Hall of Famer. Because baseball Hall of Fame is a joke. <laughs> no, he, he is just, it is like, it's the biggest joke of any of the professional sports hall of fame look at the people in it Hugh I guarantee if you looked at a, just a full running list of uh, basketball hall of famers you'd be like who the hell are half of these guys I'm not I'm not going there with you <laughs> but I don't I, think that's really up for you. debate to no, be honest I mean I hear you I hear you but he's probably going to be a hall of famer probably and the worst part is he's never going to go away like, when he's done coaching, he'll be on TV. He'll be in the Hubie Brown role 
20 yeah. years from now. Yeah, he's, he's definitely going to be doing it. I just want him to go away. I just can't <laughs> I can't listen to him anymore, well, please. <laughs> all, all you need it's to know about Doc Rivers and, and how who he is as a coach is, uh, do you think like this is only how he talks to the media? Or do you think in the locker room, he's sitting there building in excuses or saying nobody thinks we're going to, like, that's, prob- that's probably the messaging to the team. I would like to think that he's different. In the in the locker room, I, I see zero players. evidence for me to believe. I mean, that. I, I don't I don't see it either. But you you got to believe that he's one way with the media, and he's totally different with the team. Uh, but when you hear know. like I other did. players that I play for, him, it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. Well, it you, really is. Do you not think that some players might love him because he makes excuses for them and he just lets them do? See, that's what he I'm wants? saying. It like, all depends because I know JJ Reddick does not like he did one is for his career, but JJ does not. I guess he does not reciprocate the love that he had, that Doc Rivers I mean, has for neither them. Neither do I. And I, and I love how too. The one thing that I did like is is he says, "Well, game six, uh, the plan was to, Joel didn't get the ball enough. I, I, I my plan was for him to get the ball. I don't know why he didn't. Yeah, kind of a, a subtle shot at Harden. Yeah, I think uh, obviously for sure. And Joel to an extent. And like uh, maybe he was saying that game six was their game because when they showed up game seven. And he saw the look on Harden's face. He was like, this is not our game. Yeah, but it's just like, <laughs> how can you say that? Like, yeah, game six was our game. Game seven, you know, we went to Boston. We we went up there. We were hoping for the best, but we knew we weren't going to win that game. Just not a very good mindset to have from your head coach. So Doc's back. He gets the win. Very frustrating. 215-592-9494. Let's go back to the phones. Go to Terrell. What's up, Terrell? Hello. Terrell. What's up, man? Yeah. Hey, how you doing? What's going on, man? Not much. Um, I'm on AJ's side because I feel like Philadelphia media do this to a lot of our good athletes. They try to tour, uh, they try to tear down their image because I feel like when Kelsey just did that in the Super Bowl, don't nobody talk about it. AJ did it because we were just in the Super Bowl and we're not playing up to our caliber. I feel like if I was AJ, I'll be upset, too, because we're not playing to our standards. Well, wait, Terrell, wait, but Terrell, wait, wait, how Terrell. is the media trying to tear him down, though? Because y'all saying that he's a diva. How is he a diva? Where is the diva in Travis wait, Kelsey? Wait a minute, wait a minute, Terrell. Let me, let, me, let me give you just a little bit of pushback. I hear what you're saying, and I understand where you're going with this, but the, the difference is when AJ did it, it, was, it wasn't a story until they started losing. So that, that's revisionist history. Everybody started to look back at that moment and, and point to that as when the season Started to fall apart. And as far as Travis, there was a little pushback. But but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me let me just finish real quick, and I'm gonna give it right back to you. But the Travis thing, they won the Super Bowl. That's why that wasn't the story. Now if they would have lost the Super Bowl, that's a different story. If they would have lost, that would have been a different story. He almost knocked his coach over. Yeah, but it would have been like I said. I hear what you're saying, and I understand it. But they didn't lose. Now if they lost. The you got it. You got it. My bad. You got it. I'm just saying the narrative update. That's that's what we talk about is the winning and losing. But the whole thing is he did the same thing. But but the the difference is, Terrell, is that when that happened, they were still on a winning streak. When they started losing, that's when people started to point to that and say that was the turning point. That and that's the only they, that's the only thing I'm saying. Was they still not talking about that prior? Because they still was bringing that up because we was up there winning. Who, who was who was bringing it up? Who was bringing were, it up? They were bringing it up. They were up there saying. No, they and I'm I'm not committed. saying that they didn't, bro. I'm just asking who was bringing it up because I don't remember talking about the media. That. That's what I'm saying. The media when he snapped, everybody was talking about him snapping because they was wondering why he was snapping because he was winning. 
Yeah, in, in week two, there was an incident on the sideline where AJ seemed to be frustrated. We talked mm-hmm. about it, but Terrell, it's not it's not the kind of thing where anybody was like ripping AJ Brown I, I on don't, a daily yeah, basis. Yeah, that's what I'm here. saying. I don't I don't recall Y'all that. Y'all call him a diva. Y'all, that's not a good name. And then everybody kept referring to Terrell Owens, and that's not that's what I'm saying. Y'all guys, y'all started again, saying Terrell. Again, not not saying that it didn't happen, but I I started hearing all that once they started going on the slide. And then they started comparing him to Terrell Owens. That, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that you're wrong, but when I started hearing them talk about him being a diva, that was when it started to happen, when they started to slide. And then you started to look at his demeanor on the sideline, and then it was more like a, a snowball effect more than anything. It wasn't like initially when that happened on the sideline that there was a whole lot of talk about that. It was when they started going on the slide of a, a little bit. That's when everybody started to speculate. Here's what I don't understand about Appreciate this whole it. thing. Like, isn't it, it – <laughs> When the team's winning and he's doing that on the sideline, is it not fair for fans to wonder what the hell's going on there? Like we're he's talking about he's mad at us for speculating about him yelling on the sideline. And and first of all, I can't I don't think any of the three of us, or including Joe, have called AJ Brown a diva or said, Oh, he's he's Terrell owns 2.0. You know who Terrell's right there is thinking of? Probably callers or fans that say, oh, AJ's a diva, this and that. This wasn't us saying, AJ Brown, diva, TO 2.0. Like, we're just speculating. We want to know what's going on. Our team's winning and our wide receiver's yelling at the quarterback. We just that, shut up, and, like, and, forget about it. And why wouldn't we want to know about it? Like, why wouldn't we be interested in what those conversations are about on the sideline? Like, that that's a natural thing to wonder about. And again, to Kyle's point, I don't think any hosts on the station or anything like that have called AJ Diva or attacked his character. I, I didn't. And and I and when he did it, this is how I thought about it. I was like, oh, that's something. That could potentially be something. But they won. And they were winning. A lot of people that that when they talked about this as this thing started to slide and as he started to not catch the ball as much or as he started to become uh uh, on the back of a milk carton, or he he became missing in his offense. That's when it became a story. That's all. That's all I'm saying is that I hear what you're talking about as far as the comparison and everything, but it became a story once AJ started to feel, or it felt like he was being frozen out of this offense. Yeah, and that's the way it works, man. Like when you lose, everything's going to get magnified. And to the point about the Travis Kelsey thing, like that's in the Super Bowl. If that happens, and they on, lose, if that happens on Christmas Day. When the Chiefs lose the Raiders and they're oh, that's in the a different, it's a whole yeah. different story. And their season's falling apart. Don't you think you the reaction to that is much different than it is in the Super yeah, Bowl? Because initially when I saw it, I'm like, hmm. And then I, I I was like, oh wow, that's that's a lot. And then I my next thought was, okay, maybe that's the relationship that they have. And as he came out and he apologized for it, you're right. You're you're totally right. It would have been magnified if they would have took it took that L. But since they won the game, it was not a story. Because all the other stories were about the fact that they won the Super Bowl and everything else that went along with that. But if they had lost, then yeah, that would have definitely been a big story. Yeah, and losing magnifies everything. And when you see the receiver or a player, any players getting after it on the sideline, not just A.J. Brown. Same thing happened in the Giants game where Nick Sirianni and Hassan Reddick are kind of arguing on the sideline. Yeah. Of course we're going to speculate as to what those conversations are about. And you know what? The, the thing that I compare it to, or I can compare it to it just to give you a little context. Wasn't there a time where, where Josh Allen got into it with uh Diggs. The Stefan Diggs. During the playoffs last year against Cincinnati. Yes. And that was a story and then it wasn't. But that because that's like for most people, that's what receivers do. Mm-hmm. So it's like one of those things, oh, you know, it's it's the receiver thing. But 
it became more magnified here because as we progressed through the season and the fact that AJ didn't say anything, that's what people pointed to. They looked back at that moment and said, oh, that's where it started, and he's being a diva. That's where all that came from. And, 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 hey, man, I don't even look at it and think it's necessarily a bad thing. Like, it's an emotional game. I don't, I don't want to play with nobody who don't want the football. <laughs> right. <laughs> or who feels like they, they're the baddest dude on the field because most receivers are like that. Like, he's the closest thing to Terrell Owens that we've had in a long time. Yeah, man. Guys I don't are, have a problem with that. Guys are going to get frustrated. So it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's not unfair for us to wonder – what was that about? What are these conversations about? I think that's just natural. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Uh, when we get back, we're back to the phones uh, on, on the A.J. Brown situation. Plus, uh, where is the Jason Kelsey retirement meter at today? Some audio from him next, uh, which will kind of shed some light on it. That's coming up. I'm Tom Kelly in for Joe Giglio today alongside Hugh Douglas Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. ESPN Bet is now live in Pennsylvania as the official sports book of ESPN. ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. Oh, what a play. Must be 21 plus. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.